Hey everybody, this is Keith Sarlos with our uh, third installment of uh, Hello Stranger, Goodbye Friend. And uh, on this one, uh, I'm going to tell you a little story. So uh, way back when, before I lived in this beautiful valley, uh, my little brother went to buy a house and got a realtor through another buddy of mine who I love as much as my brother. And uh, Kirk went through this whole process, man, and he was ready to sign the paperwork and got a phone call. Uh, about a job out of state and his realtor uh, did all this legwork for him, really worked his butt off. My brother was super impressed. My whole family was impressed. And my brother had to make that phone call and say, Hey, um, uh, I'm not buying this house, man. And this realtor was like, Hey man, no problem. Happens all the time. Uh, you're a good guy. Great. Uh, high fives, congratulations on where you're going. He was happy for my brother. And that began a relationship between my family and a wonderful man named Raj. And Raj owns a uh, owns the Sarlos and Sons of Realty in Southern California. And in the last 10 years that I have known Raj, we have had a very similar path. He has been trying to do uh, be disruptive. He's been doing things that were out of the ordinary. Everybody sees these little drone videos and, and, and settings and homes when they're for sale now. And Raj Sar was the guy who invented that. He was a young hustler. I saw so much of myself in him. He was a man that came from a totally different background and then just got sucked into the real estate industry. And I've, I've been amazed to not only watch him, uh, but I've been thankful to be part of his life for the last 10 years. Uh, so this is Hello Stranger, Goodbye Friend with uh, Raj Kassar. Let's say hi to Raj. Hey, hey Raj, Keith, how are you thank doing? Thank you so much for that introduction. That was awesome. And that was, was that so good, man. And you probably know I have my own version of like how I met you actually too, which is totally crazy. Oh, hey, hey, let it roll. I'm going to sit back with a cup of coffee and smile I right now. It. So go for it. Drop, I love drop it. So heat. you have this guy in your life who's like literally your brother, right? Oh, oh yeah. For sure. Brother is is the right word. It yeah. is and the right word. He doesn't have the same last name as you, but you guys uh, terrorized APU for a while because people thought you were the same guy, right? That's right. He got he almost got his butt kicked many times because which, people thought Which he I was absolutely good. love that story. So the way the story goes is this guy, your like Lex Luthor brother, right? <laughs> oh wait, wait. Matt Matt without a doubt is the better version of me. So I'll be the I'll be the Bizarro Superman. Okay, can all right, the real awesome. One. I love it, man. <laughs> classic. So so he lives across the street, like across the alley from my real brother. Same parents, same last name, right? Lives literally. So their condos basically look at each other. So I go through the process of selling my brother's home because he wants to come live up by me in in the hills, right? And then we did a halfway decent job with my brother. And my brother's like, oh, my God, my buddy Matt and Clara are selling their home. You should talk to them. So hence the story. I met Matt and Clara. We sold their place. We fought like dogs to get their new place in your Belinda up in the hills. It was like a short sale that they were trying to buy. I knew the agent. We worked for literally like, I want to say 18 months in an escrow to get them this home. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at the culmination of all of this, we sold the one place, sold the condo, got them the new place. They give me a bottle of wine and being the self pronounced wine guru of Orange County, right? I was like, what the hell is this? I'm like, what's this bottle? What's this picture? It looks like it's from the 50s. Like, what the heck? And lo and beknownst, a few months later, it's my anniversary. So go to the, our favorite like local steakhouse. I bring the bottle of wine with me. It's me and my lovely wife. We're just sitting there. Um, I bring that same bottle, Purple Heart, and open it up. And I was like, what is this stuff? What's in this juju? Like, this is so good. And literally... What is this wine? I'm reading the back of this label. Who are these people? And why'd you give me this bottle? This is so good. Oh, and it's not just me. And I'm not just biased. I didn't start with a cocktail. I didn't have a stogie to start. Nothing. It was straight up water and wine. And that wine was so, so good. 
I give it the Psalm. The Psalm comes by my table uh, and I like kind of raise my hand at the Psalm. I'm like, Hey, excuse me. Can you do me a favor? And my wife's like, just Raj, just stop. Leave, leave them alone. I'm like, no, this is good. I want to know if like they think it's good. I'm like, Hey, can I pour you a glass? And the Psalm's like, yeah, sure. What is that? He's like, I've never heard of it. Again, this is at Morton's Steakhouse. The Psalm pours a glass. Has a, he's like, wow. The Psalm whips out his camera or whips out his phone, takes a picture. He's like, I'm going to buy some. So hence starts the journey of like, who the hell are these people? Why does, why are they making wine? Where the heck is Los Olivos? I don't even know they made wine. Okay. Boom. Matt, please introduce me to Keith. Sure thing. Two seconds later, text goes out. Raj, Keith, meet each other. You guys are killing it. Raj is my realtor. Keith's my wine guy and my brother. You guys should connect. A month later, we drove up with some buddies of ours and we met in real life. Dude, that what an epic story. I mean, strangely enough, Matty Pay, who's who will be listening to this man, has connected me with so many people and is such an unbelievable person. I mean, we should both pause and and give Matty, who has the uh, greatest job in the world as well, um, his due props. Because I mean, what a what a great guy. I've known that since the first day I met that guy. He's like one of those people that you look at and go, "How do I not know you?" And uh, how do people like you exist? And just absolutely awesome. That's a whole other great story. So, should, do we so, do Eddie, a moment of silence? Like, no, no way. We Maddie Pay is probably riding the train right now. You know, going to going to his uh, awesome job, which maybe we should or should not say. Maddie is the uh, uh, VP, or is he VP or director of marketing I for the say Clippers? VP I mean, of marketing for the Clippers. I know. I you and I know world's greatest job, right? World's greatest job. And he came in at a time when it was like, you know, the Clippers were the the underdog team. And so here's a little plug from Matt, which is definitely going to be on the show, you know. But everything you experience when you go to a Clippers game that you see, touch, feel, smell, jerseys, the floor performance, everything but the game is Matt Pay. And I've never been prouder of the guy. So amazing, so talented. Um so let's get back into our little life here, Raj. Watching you, um, you've changed an industry that had been stagnant for so long, right? And when I and 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 the boutique realty group, right? Tell tell me how you got sucked into something the way I got sucked into wine. I mean. I didn't know this was a job. This was not on my radar. This wasn't something I was going to do since I was nine years old. Um, and I know your story is very similar. Can, can you tell us? Yeah, about I would love that to. So, bit? like, since I was nine, I wanted to be a doctor. Literally, like everyone in my family is in the medical field. Like, I was like firstborn type A, destined to go to medical school, and so went to college. Mm-hmm. Hustled. I literally had no college life. My college memory is very different than yours. My college memory is sitting on the fourth floor of the Cal Poly Pomona Library for literally four years studying my ass off. That's my memory of college. No, mm-hmm. no football games, no basketball games, no fraternity, sorority parties. I mean, literally, and I literally have like two friends from college. One I ended up marrying, right? Yeah. <laughs> what You did really so well like, there, by the way. I mean, it's like totally insane. So I, I really didn't have like this whole college experience, right? So I literally studied my ass off, went to college, and then I went to medical school, right? So I got accepted to medical school, and I did that for three years. So that's what like, I was like destined to do. Uh, that's what I was going to be. But after three years of med school, I was literally so burnt out. I did four years of college, three years of med school, nonstop for seven years, and I'm like, like somebody shoot me now. So I took a year off. I literally, mm-hmm. literally grew my hair out, surfed. Did the Newport Beach thing. I got so tan, I was like not recognizable, right? And I get a call from a buddy. Mm-hmm. My buddy goes, hey, Raj, stop surfing. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I got a job for you. I'm like, well, I've never really had a real job before. I mean, I had all the stuff that got me through like high school and college, but never like a corporate job. So I was like, sure. what do you mean you have a job for me? He's like, well, I work for a pharmaceutical company and we are hiring a new type of sales force. They're called a medical science liaison team. So those are the guys and gals that when a sales rep goes to a doctor and pitches a doctor on a new drug and the doctor asks a question, maybe that the sales rep doesn't know or legally is not allowed to answer, they would call the medical science liaison team in. And that was me. 
So for example, if they were selling a drug and it caused weight loss, this is one of the side effects. And the doc, and it was used mm -hmm. for, say, like epilepsy, but the doctor wanted to use it for weight loss that is like not FDA approved. So there are obviously studies and all this kind of stuff on weight loss and side effects and all this kind of stuff. So they call the medical science liaison team to come and educate the doctor on that side effect. Okay, long story short, I get into the pharmaceutical sales world and I just love it. I don't go back to med school, right? My parents are like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you have how much in loans, student loans over the last three years? Mm -hmm. I studied abroad mm -hmm. my third year, had the best time ever in London, uh, learned some amazing stuff, uh, studying abroad and doing medicine in another country. Um, and I'm just like, I'm done. I'm, I'm having fun. I'm making money. I'm meeting a bunch of new people. This is kind of like my gig now. So I do that for a bunch of years. And then we go through the process of like, we bought our first house, my wife and I. We bought our first house in 2001. And it was cool. We were there like six years and we're like, oh, babies are coming along. We need to like get a bigger place because this little place is just not cutting it. So we go through the process of first time ever selling a property. And we just called the guy who lived like 10 doors down from us because he sold all the homes in the neighborhood. And much to my like chagrin, I was like, that industry is so backwards. Like literally that agent asked me, the homeowner, to host the open house for him because he was going to Vegas for the weekend. Now, let me pause you for a second here. One of the things like just listening to you and, you know, this part of this conversation is to let anybody who's listening, you know, kind of bit, pull bits and pieces for their own life, their own work, whatever they're passionate about. But the one thing I'm hearing from you in a very interesting way was you had a insane work ethic from the start. I mean, you don't get into a medical field and give up, quote unquote, the college experience and spend, you know, four years of your life sitting on a floor if you don't have passion, a drive and a goal. And from everything you're saying, you're absolutely doing that. But then the door shut on you, right? It, it, a lot of people would have, you know, lost themselves because they're like, no, 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 no. I have to be this person. This is the person who I've always wanted to be since I was nine. This is the person my parents and my family expect me to be. But you pulled the e-brake and said, I'm going to take a year off. I mean, that that's a pretty, you know, if I was your buddy at the time, I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Right? Because how old were you at the time? 22, yeah, 25? Was probably, let's see, college, 18, 19, 21, 22, 24, 24, probably 24. Yeah. 24 and, and a full hard e break and just started surfing and you became a buddy. Definitely. That was right? exactly it. And that was the point, right? You were actually maybe catching up on your college experience um, after, you know, uh, keeping your head down for so long. But when you're, when you, when this next piece happened, what was the thing that like when you're saying, man, this industry is backwards, you, you still had your head on straight and saw that there was an industry that was in problem. I mean, what other than you having to host your own uh, open house, because it seems like that's a pretty dramatic leap from what you're doing today from that moment of like, where, you, where were you at where you were thinking this industry is dumb. I got to host my own open house what was the thing that jumped you off you know one of the that? crazy things is when he's like i'm going to vegas and i just can you just leave the door open i'll put a sign out front you can just put it out on the street and people will just come in i'm like well how are people going to come into the house if they don't know it where is it then it clicked i'm like well where are you advertising this where is this going what's the presentation hmm. like hmm. like i have to prep my own house now hmm. for you to make a commission and you're in Vegas. Like, it makes no sense. And then he's like, and we're also out of flyers. And I noticed upstairs in the office, you had that really fancy printer from your corporate job. So I'm going to send you a PDF. No and way. If you can print the flyers for me and just stick them in the box outside and pass them to people when they walk in the front door, that'll be really cool. So, Keith, the crazy part is someone walks in. Dude, that, that is it gnarly. Is but what? But that. But here's, the th here's such a weird thing. That guy, honestly, is the great is the greatest realtor in the world, not by his, by how terrible he was at his job. And what I mean by that is he was so bad at his job that he inspired you to fix it, to fix what was broken. That doesn't happen very often. That's pretty yeah, amazing. It was really crazy. And the, the culmination, the, the, the pinnacle of the story is that someone does walk into that open house 
And, and I asked them, mm-hmm. crazy, are you working with a realtor? He says, no. I said, well, you know, I'm the homeowner. My realtor's out of town today, but I'm happy to help you out. So I literally walked this guy through the whole house, tell him everything I know, because that was my first house. It was like blood, sweat, and tears. We saved up a ton of money for the down payment. Like I painted the walls myself. I did the built-ins myself. I put the TV in, like all that kind of stuff, right? I sell the Mm -hmm. house to that guy. Mm -hmm. He ends up buying it. So my agent ends up double-ending the deal, right? Because... Because because I worked the open house, which is crazy. And I had the buyer and I put the sign out and I printed the flyers, right? So me, an unlicensed salesperson, pharmaceutical dude, sells the house while he's in Vegas. He comes back. I'm like, hey, man, where's the paperwork? Like, I'm going to represent this buyer. Like, joking, right? Like, I had no idea. So anyway, so I work at a deal with him. I'm like, I did all the work. I did this. I got the buyer, like, whatever. And I learned at that moment. When I was signing 8,000 pieces of paper on my coffee table in my family room that this industry is so broken. This doesn't make any sense at all. Interesting. That's so amazing. So from from that moment, um, give me some of the hits, man, because you've been doing this for a while now. And uh, I've seen, you know... for I, I've known you, like we said, since Matt Pay, but the things that you started doing in your industry to disrupt it, what were some of the biggest home runs that you hit? Because I know for us, we do certain things that are like kind of weird and strange for a wine company to do because I don't, I don't really know how to run a wine company. I know how to run like a skate shop that sells wine, um, but you were doing a lot of similar stuff that we were kind of doing in the beginning. So, so give me some of the big hits that you cool. kind of pioneered. I love it. So can we talk like uh, BF? Like, Yeah. And by the way, this doesn't have to be a one-way conversation. You have questions for oh, me. No, I'm open I love to you. You know that. Go. So, go, go, so we'll talk go BF ahead. like before Facebook, right? So before Facebook, I'm like, dude, yeah. I want to have the best photography ever. I'm going to go buy the best camera that I could possibly afford and take photos. So I would try to take photos and I sucked at it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to hire the best photographer I could find. So I hired the best photographer. And the first thing that started with me was amazing photos. Like that separated me, that simple thing, that simple thing of like taking time with photography separated me from the six women in my hyper-local market that were selling real estate longer than I had been alive. Just great photos. Then I was Mm -hmm. like, man, I start looking through like architectural magazines. I'm like, how do I get my house to look like that? So I started studying. Like, how do, what do I do with lighting? What do I do with composition? What do I do with like feng shui? Because it was such a big part of our little neighborhood. Like I have to have the right amount of wood and metal and water and plant and whatever. Like, how do I get the room to look like that? So I started studying that. Then I'm like, oh my God, I need to stage Hmm. a house. And I remember one of the first things I did that I went to a house, walked it, photographer was there. I'm like, oh my God, there's no dining room table in this house. Oh crap. So I went to my own home got my brother-in-law's pickup truck, put my own dining room table and my own chairs and my own play settings in my car and took it to that house to stage it because it didn't have a dining room. And that started to flash forward like 15 years where we have a like a 1,500 square foot warehouse where we could stage 20 homes at a time with our own furniture. Like to answer your question, some of the biggest hits, one photography, two staging. Whoa, so let, let's talk about that. You... you that that sounds abnormal. I mean, I know a lot of realtors and things like that, but but what you were doing was, man, you you were hustling this thing as hard as you possibly could. You were you were looking at other people's homes. You changed an industry from passive to uh, okay, we're going to put a little uh, sign up on the curb and hope somebody walks in. And you got on the offense, and by getting on the offense, you were doing whatever it took to have that home look the way a prospective buyer uh, would, you were marketing. That's a really easy way to put it, is you were marketing these homes in a, a f- offensive way and not a passive and defensive way. Is that a, is that kind of an encapsulation? I mean, I'm not trying to simplify because I'm the same guy. Like, you know, I went out and bought a camera because I couldn't afford to pay a photographer to take pictures. And then all of a sudden I taught myself, okay, I can shoot a, I can shoot a picture now. I'm just good enough to be able to do this. But you weren't afraid to go out and make no, it happen. Not at all. And there was no option. Like, I didn't understand what, like, 
losing was, I wasn't going to fail, especially when when I Absolutely. started selling when I started <laughs> selling homes in my own neighborhood. And these are my neighbors and my friends. I wasn't going to fail. And it was just not an option. And I, I have this like uh, quote that so I just went to this conference back east in Miami. And one of the keynote speakers, his name's John Henry, and he he told his story about how he was he started at his dad's dry cleaners in New York City, and he was just hustling. And he got to know like all of a sudden celebrities started walking in, and he just was this personable guy and started talking to celebrities. And he went from like this dry cleaning business to this like mega cleaning business, right? But one thing that stuck with me is it, is that mm. he said there's riches in niches, so you want to be where other people are not. So. Say that again, because it I, it kind of made a weird sound on my end. I want to hear I what said, you so just said. He said that there's riches in niches. Riches? You want to be where other people are not. And so our industry in real estate, mm. there's like 1.5 million realtors on this planet. And 1.49999 million realtors do the same exact thing day in and day out. How are you going to separate yourself from those people? You're going to find the niche. You're going to find the groove. You're going to find the path that is not rarely traveled and go down that path and just kick ass. And so for me, back in 2007, 2008, just after Facebook launched and we mastered that, we started shooting real estate video. And I don't mean like point and shoot video. I don't mean picking up our flip phone back at the time to shoot video. No. Hey, I'm, can I say yeah. what I saw yeah. when you were doing that? And this is from a third party, and this is this is not me. We've never talked about this before, so so I, I'm going to say this is a completely um, like I watched your movie, right? And I say movie because um, when I when I saw them, you weren't selling a home. What you were selling was the idea of what your life could be like if you lived here. And when I saw that, I I got it to assert I got that. Right. I got that. If I lived in this house, then um, this is what it would feel like when I drive into my driveway. Uh, this is what it's going to feel like when I'm sitting on my porch looking out on the rest of the, the neighborhood. What it feels like when my friends come over and me and my wife are standing in the kitchen having a good time and laughing. What it looks like when my kids are running up and down the stairs. You know, you were you were painting these Rockwellian portraits of what could your life be like if this is where you lived? That would That's my take on what you were And that's exactly the thing I was trying to do, but I wasn't that vernacular back cool. then. I just wanted to be different, Keith. Right. I just wanted to be different. I didn't want to yeah. go down that road where, you know, like it's the same photographer on every single listing. The agent doesn't even show up to fluff the pillows, to make sure the toilet seat lids are down, to make sure the pool sweep isn't in the pool, to make sure the umbrellas in the backyard are up. You know, like I didn't want to go down that path. I wanted to be different. And the thing with like shooting video, it created an emotion that photography and 3D stuff did not create. It created this like, totally. like you saw when the husband or the wife or the, the kids walk through the house, you see them remembering the video and the kids are calling out before they even walk in the front door. I want the room upstairs on the left that has the pink walls. They already know. Hmm. They're already calling out their bedroom. And, the, and, and the, 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 the light bulb clicked for me after our first video. So I found our videographer on Google. He was a wedding videographer. He actually was real estate licensed, but he was shooting wedding videos. And he was telling stories about guys and girls and getting engaged and falling in love and all that stuff. And I called him up one day. I'm like, hey, I want to shoot a video. He's like, you're getting married? I'm like, no, no, no. I already did that. I want to shoot a video about a house. I want to tell a story about a house. What's it like to live in on the street? in this neighborhood behind the gates within this enclave of 94 homes. Like what's it really like to live here and in the city? Let's talk about where they eat, where they hang out, where they shop. Like what's it like to have family dinner and Christmas dinner in this house? I want to evoke that emotion. And then that's that was the first video we ever shot. The crazy thing about this, Keith, is that video, we couldn't edit it in time. We had multiple offers on the property because we did awesome photos and staged it and did all the, the things you're supposed to do. But that those owners who are both lawyers after we sell the house take the final cut of the video and send it to everyone in their neighborhood because they have a monthly bunko group we have had 16 listings in that neighborhood from that first video we shot in a neighborhood that's one to two million dollars we have a listing there today that just went into a contract last week because of the first video we ever shot that didn't sell the house in that neighborhood but got us 16 consecutive listings over the last few years in that neighborhood 
so you're doing this all of a sudden, um, you know, uh, the person who was the quote unquote king or queen of that neighborhood. Um, and, and what we're really talking now is not real estate specific. I mean, this is anybody who's in any industry um, has the old guard, the new guard. You come in, you're bringing in brand new tools. You're excited about the industry. You're excited about going to work every day. You're not jaded. You're not tired. You're doing things that maybe cost you as the uh, uh, real estate per- the person. You know, when I always I always laugh because it's like, yeah, if my home is um, two hundred thousand or two hundred million, it feels like the agent does about the same amount of work, but gets a huge, much different commission. Um, but you guys were doing stuff that was so above and beyond the what what was the what was the kickback on that? What was the thing? Did you even experience it? Because I know, I you know, I know I have to a certain extent, but you had to feel something where people told you to slow down, quit working so fast. What do you think you're doing? Um, you know, you're you're definitely lighting a bunch of people's livelihoods uh, on fire because they're like, nah, I, I want to golf four days a week and then maybe sell one or two houses a month. That's kind of my 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 job, quote unquote. W- what were you experiencing in the marketplace? from when you started doing that? What, what was, what was, what I, I was I always say like when you're successful, you have like this huge target on your back and people are just, sure, just aiming absolutely. for you. So I started noticing when people started pulling our flyers, not because they wanted info on the house, but because they're agents who wanted to mimic our flyer. There's people who started calling me up saying, who's your photographer? Who's your videographer? Who's your stagers? People's, people's websites started mimicking our website. I remember when we had a video on desktop version of our website, like as the homepage, like image was a real video. It was like literally, literally three weeks later that almost every brokerage in Orange County had a video, a lifestyle video on the front page of their website. I mean, just the power of social, like people see what you're doing. They may not comment. They may not like them not know whatever, but they're definitely mimicking. But the crazy part about this mm-hmm. is the emotional aspect and the connection with clients that this industry brings you, I I would say it's super similar to your industry. I mean, like there's this emotional component about what you're doing. Like I don't literally have, like you're on my, you're on my email campaigns. I don't know if you know this or not, or if I ever told you. So. No, no, I I look at them. Okay. But like our, our drip emails are like our engagement emails. Like you're in there. And so like, there's not really someone like your name comes up every time I'm at a conference. And let me tell you, a real estate conference. What? Yes. No, See, no, I'm no, telling no. you, at a real, I was just just now in Park City last week at an executive relocation conference. Right? I had your hat on the, on my backpack, mm-hmm. and someone's like, "Oh my god, that's that winery." I'm like, "You know, Sarlos and Sons." You're like, "Yeah, we visited that. They're the ones with the photo booth in there with the cupcakes and uh, the great wine, and the guy in the back with." And I always say, "Flat bill." <laughs> Baggy pants, <laughs> white puppy shoes. I'm like, that's my buddy. So, like, I mean, like, what you're doing, though, too, um, you are telling a story, though. Like, and that's the cool thing about real estate. There's a story to be had. It's not about the house. The house is secondary. Absolutely. You're telling a story, like, just, like, the love you have for your family, your wife, for Cash, for Brielle, for your dad, for your mom. Like, all of that is just amazing. Some of your posts, like your Valentine's Day post or your your fives bring tens for your birthday bash, you know, like, all that that, by the way, the world's yeah. greatest party. World. <laughs> like, and, and I'm still bummed to this day I didn't make it to that. But what I'm telling you is like your stuff resonates and, it, and, you, and you remember it. So I always say like – and this, this is a quote that I talked about on stage a couple of weeks ago in Miami. Those who tell the stories rule the world. You're telling a story. You're ruling. You're like – whether you're a micro-influencer or a major influencer, like I remember your stories. And now me, I'm pushing your stories out to my people. And so I think that's what like connected us early on is you were telling stories about wine and what it's like to be a farmer. And it's not about walking into like a dimly lit, very fancy building with violin music in the background and the guy and the girl with the khaki pants and the blue button up polo coming to you asking if you'd like a taste. You walk into your shop and it's experience like you got like 90s hip hop going or hard rock music going. You know, you're, you're dressed differently. You got a skull and crossbones decanter. I mean, the whole thing is totally different. And everyone's so personable there. You know what I mean? Like every single person, whether you're there or not, you're, you're, the people there have your passion. And that's what like the sign of a great leader is, is like you're sitting there, 
Like, and you're not like in front of them. You're behind them, pushing them to be successful. And that's what I love about what you're doing. Dude, that, wow, man. I, I wasn't expecting that, but dude, that means the world to me. I mean, one of the things I thought was so like telling when you invited me down to San Diego and we got to sit on stage and basically do this together, right? The, the thing that I was sh- not shocked by, the thing that excited me was you and I are telling without a doubt the same story in two different fields. And like a bottle of wine is a bottle of wine and you either like it, it tastes good or it doesn't. A house is just a house and you either like the way it looks, you like the location or you don't. But the truth of that is you and I both know that that's not, not the whole story, right? The whole story is what do you see in yourself in this thing? What, like when you, when I look at homes and I look at the the videos that you put out, I'm rarer, I should say that again, I'm rarely looking at the walls. My wife is is a designer. Um, she looks at the house. I, when I look at anything like that, I go, <clears throat> what's it going to feel like when we have 30 people over at our house? Does, can we handle that here? Because that's kind of important to me, quote unquote. And you're, you are not selling a house. You are selling the experience of living there. And I love seeing these videos. The thing that blows my mind is you were the first person I ever saw do that in the real estate world. And now that has become a mainstay of what it takes to even sell a home. Um, for us, you know, we started doing, I, my dad was kind of laughing because we do like when the wine club shipment goes out, I make a video telling you about the wine, what you're getting, all that kind of stuff. And my dad, my dad's awesome because he sat back and he he looked at a bunch of old ones and he goes, you know, you've been doing this for 10 years. I said, yeah, since our very first one, I made a video just saying why you're going to get it because I thought that's something I would want. Um, and having now made, you know, 40 of these things, plus all the other stuff I sit around and do constantly, um, it, it builds this reputation or it builds you into something that you weren't when you first started. And I know that's a long way to get around this circle. But when you were doing that, when you came into that industry, what were the things that were you reacting to things you didn't like? Or were you just trying to do things for yourself that you would like? Which one, which really like pushed you forward in that regard? I I just like our industry was such a disappointment, Keith, when I first got into it. Everything was. The photos, the copy, how someone would describe a home. I mean, you would see this two or three million dollar property and it would literally say, amazing home in Newport Beach, four bedrooms, three baths, view of the ocean, must sell. I mean, that was the description of the property on a two or three million dollar home. And you're like... Like yeah. people are going to make a $3 million decision on that. On like, that? like no way. so, I mean, I think one of the most amazing things is that connection you get to make with people. And I, I'm such a people person. I love like getting to know people, getting to know their story. Sometimes I'll just sit back and listen and I'll take it all in. And I see this in my, my second daughter, Emma. I mean, she sits back, she takes it all in, man. You, she's like hiding in the corner, listening to everything you're saying, watching everything you're doing. And then like three weeks later, she's like, dad, remember like, like a couple weeks ago, you said that I'm like, were you even in the room? Like, how do you even know that? But sometimes it's fun to just like sit back and take it all in. But I've got this great story. And I was actually on a podcast yesterday. And I told this and literally the guy interviewing me, literally, he's like, I got to go get a Kleenex. He's like, that is the most amazing story I've ever heard. Okay, I'm, I'm leaning back. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Go. And Go I know on. you've seen this video too. So here's the story behind the video. So I got a call from uh, my financial advisor. He says, I've got a friend who needs to sell their home. And it's a city called Villa Park, which Villa Park has no street lights, no sidewalks. It's like literally like, like a little bit of a crown jewel in Orange County, right? Big estate homes, big lots, just a really, really pretty place to live. Anyway, I get a call. He's like, please take care of her. Her husband just passed away. I said, okay, you got it. No problem. So I I get to this house, big circular driveway. I pull up. These doors are literally like 40 feet tall, right? These doors. This, I ring the doorbell and this late, the door opens really slowly. And this lady, she's maybe 4'10", maybe, maybe 4'10", and she may have heels on. She answers her, she said, oh my gosh, Raj, and gives me the biggest, warmest hug ever. She's like, oh my gosh, Mo told me all about you. Please come in. 
And the first thing I noticed is that the doors were like 40 feet tall, but the foyer, the ceilings were like 50 feet tall. This place was just epic. And the first thing I noticed, the first thing I noticed when I walked through that front door is the dining room. And I know that in this neighborhood with the state homes, people love to entertain. They love to wine and dine, right? I look in that dining room and there's a baby grand piano. And through the, the, the doors that go out to the backyard, I see a pool. I see mature trees. I actually see butterflies floating in the backyard. And I simply ask her, I'm like, oh, my gosh, do you play the piano? She says, no, I don't. My husband used to play it for me. I said, and I literally sat back and like I had this sinking feeling in my stomach. And I asked her, what song did, he, did you love that he played for you? She said, The Summer Wind by Sinatra. And I literally like got so choked up. No longer was this like a listing presentation. No longer do I care about beds, baths, square footed, crown molding, stainless steel appliances, granite. Like that doesn't even matter. This woman whose husband passed away, I'm sitting there in a moment of like total emotion. She's telling me that her husband used to play music for her. And so immediately the inspiration for the video for this home hit me. I was going to find someone who could play the piano and play that song. And the entire soundtrack to this video or this film is going to be the summer wind. So we do a casting call. We got probably 150 applicants who wanted to be in this video. One person. Whoa, 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 whoa. You do casting calls so for these videos. So we do full-on casting calls for actors and actresses. And, and depending on the budget that we have for the home, it could be simply a Facebook casting call. We'll post on Facebook. We'll tag everyone at the brokerage and post it up. Say, need an actress who can play the piano and specifically play this song. Or we'll do an official casting call through our videographer. Okay, I I just wanted to pause because I thought that was you're you're still just selling. Yeah, a we're house, still right? just selling a house. You're exactly right. I mean, I'm I'm not, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. And I know you're going to a beautiful place with the story, but what, that's a that's a pretty above and beyond thing to do. I mean, for like someone. I don't, I, it's it's not my so I, you'd like hire people that have strengths where you have weaknesses. So you you have to like that story. Ooh, that was another nugget. That was a very yeah. good nugget. Well, there, Rush. Like, like I good. tried to be the photographer, and I suck at taking photos. I just do. I can't edit a video worth anything, but I know what I want the video to look like. You know? Okay. I get it. I get it. Totally. Yeah. You hire these people that are great. So anyway, um, we do the Facebook casting call. And of the 150 applicants that we got, we had one woman who sent us a video of her in a dive bar in LA playing the summer wind. I just literally got chills up my spine. I'm like hired. I don't care what she costs, hired. She comes and then the, the neat thing about what we do is like, again, we are selling real estate, but we come together as a team and we do like a, like a creative brief. We're like, okay, what's this going to look like? Who, what are the other actors? Like, what are the supporting cast for this video? Like, who are we going to have in this? Like, what's the story going to be? So we came up with like a surprise birthday party video theme where the, um, the wife is literally playing the piano the entire time. The husband comes home from work, pulls into the circular driveway, goes through those 40-foot doors. He's on his phone, head down, focused, goes right upstairs, takes his clothes off, gets in the shower, changes. Come, he doesn't even know that there's a party going on in the backyard. He walks into the kitchen and sees a little note. It says, meet me in the backyard with a like, lipstick kiss on the note. He walks in the backyard and it's like, surprise! We had like 14, 15 people in that video. Um, they were all agents or agents' kids from the boutique. In the video. It was totally epic. It was the first time we ever shot, used a drone in a real estate video. It's the first time we ever had four videographers shooting a real estate video. And one of the first times we ever hired talent to be in the video. Here's the crazy part of this story. Okay, not only did we sell the home for the highest closed sale in that city ever, the highest price per square foot in that city ever, ever, that's all fine and well. And that's what we were hired to do. Get the most money for that client. And we did that. No big deal. That actress... That actress wants to be a real-life actress. She submits in her gag reel uh, to try to get on a commercial. She gets picked up by MasterCard and does the Justin Timberlake commercial for MasterCard at launches during, <laughs> wait, 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 launches during the Super Bowl. No during the Super Bowl like five years ago. I mean, you can't make up this shit. You just can't make it up. So she used our video of a summer wind video Dude. uses it in a gag reel gets picked up by a, a talent uh uh what's it called a casting producer 
yeah, yeah, so yeah, she gets right. hooked up with Justin Timberlake because of a real estate video. I mean, like, holy crap. Like, you have no idea. <clears throat> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Um, something, something my father has always said to me uh, rings really true in this scenario. My dad always says, get in the car. And get in the car has kind of become this thing between my father and I where if somebody says, hey, you know, you're, you're talking to somebody and they go, hey, I got to go. I'm going to go look at a building. I'm going to go do this thing. I'm, and if you have that hour, he goes, go get in the car. And he goes, so many things have happened in his life. And I know so many things have happened in my life just because I got in the car. And what you're talking about is... You know, not risk. Risk isn't the word, but it is, it wasn't, there was nothing about that story that you told that was, um, man, I'm really trying to pick my words here, but you, you were, you definitely wanted to sell the house. Let's just say that, you know, that that's, you're not altruistic in this thing, but when you came in and you were asking and you found out all of that information, all of a sudden by just getting in the car, by getting into, you know, you could have said to your buddy, listen, dude, we don't really, we don't really do sell homes in that area. I could find you a listing. I could find you someone to do it. But because of your relationship with them, you're like, no, no, we'll do it. Let's go. Sure. Sure. You know, and you got in the car, you went out there, you met her and magic started happening. Right. Just like I can't tell you how many relationships I have formed, the, me and you talking right now is because, you know, we got in the car, we got to see each other, we got to hang out, we got to do stuff together. And these relationships get formed that start bleeding into other things. If your brother didn't live across the street from Matt Pay, if you weren't awesome to my brother, if, 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 if we're not sitting here having this and conversation. I think I can parlay on that story and, because if, you, if, if yeah, your please. wife didn't get in the car back at APU, Oh, I mean, totally. that's, that, that's what oh I think gosh. about. See, your story is like, I listen every single time. Your wife got in the car and said, hey, let's go. And she got in. That, Without a doubt, that was that um, my my hair on my arms are, is standing on edge because you you have the a way of sending things to me in moments I need them. You know, a lot of people could say that that's karma or God or the universe or whatever. I have my own thoughts on that. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Though, when you go, Hey, when did you write this? Can you send this to me? And I'll read it and go, I wrote that. You know, I, I oh, geez, that's pretty good. You know, every once in a while, but going back to the, the, the day I saw Heather and I was with Matt pay and a couple of our other friends love it for sight. Number one, but number two, I think Matt pay was in the car when I kicked him out. Oh, so wait, she could he was. In. That's right. You told me that. I, he was he was total. I, I almost guarantee it in my mind. And I saw her walking and, you know, we had this brief conversation. She had a boyfriend. She, you know, was not interested in the dirtbag that was me. But uh, like the one statement, the greatest, you know, everybody, everybody who talks a lot like you and I always has like a, a good story, um, you know, in your pocket just because you want to tell it. But my wife got in the car. I said, Hey, what are you doing? You know, I shoved all my friends out of this car. I pull up next to her. She was walking on campus and I said, Hey, where, where are you going? Which is, which is literally the worst pickup line, you know, for any person to ever use ever. And she's like, Oh, I'm going to go hear my friend's band play. And I said, well, Oh really? She's like, yeah. I'm like, well, I, I have to go do something. It's a half hour away. It's a half hour back. Why don't you come with me? She goes, no, nah, I'm good. And I said, if you, I'll tell you what, if you get in, you can ask me any questions you want, and I'll tell you the absolute truth. It's only an hour. And she goes, okay, and hopped in. And that, I mean, literally, you talk about moments in people's lives. I am still the luckiest. If everything in my life goes to shit after this, the fact that I'm married to her is the greatest. I'm the luckiest man on the earth, you know? And how many times do we get those things? I mean, when you're talking about walking in, talking to that lady and go, oh, do you play? If she would have said yes, that girl who was on Justin Timberlake uh, on the commercial with Justin Timberlake wouldn't have been on the commercial with Justin Timberlake. I mean, that is such a shocking connection all Isn't the way through. Isn't that just epic? I mean, it's... It 
but you and I, I here's the thing you and I aren't doing what we're supposed to be doing right you're 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 selling real estate but really what you're doing is you're 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 getting people excited about another phase of their life right because it's a real estate is walls and dirt and stuff like that but you are selling the dream yeah. baby and not only selling the dream you are giving people a um optimistic i think that's a great word for it if I look at that video and I go, man, I could, I can see myself living in that home because you know what, that that's the kind of life I want, and and I'm going to work hard each and every day to, um, to to live up to that because I feel that way every day. You know, like I can't believe I'm a kid from Bellflower, California, that gets to make make wine in a beautiful place, and people want to get in their car and drive 150 miles. Man, we better be on our A game, kick ass and have fun when they get here because they got they drove a long way to have a good time, and if Space Mountain's closed, they're pissed. So let everybody, we got to be on it. We are on stage. And I think that's right? one of the things like you um, understand like the other side. A lot of times people are so yeah, I can't believe I get to I do know, this, man. I know, it's like man. so like motivating, it's so exciting. But like one of the first things I learned, like just listening, like we we picked up a listing and it's just like the easiest thing to just listen and just sit back and listen. We picked up a listing and I said, what's the one thing that you didn't like that your last agent did? And they simply said, well, every time we had a showing, we had to leave work and come get the house ready. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, I said, the agent wasn't showing your property you have a $3 million property. Like why wouldn't the agent, that's their job. They should know it better than anyone on the planet. They should be here at the front door opening it when the buyers come in, you know, lights on music on bird singing, fireplace going pool fountains going like they should be here walking this property. Like why are you leaving your job and then paying me to show someone your own house? Like that makes no sense. So, and, and you, and we should also point out your listings are not all $3 million no, listings. I mean, you have, you have, you do the same thing. And I, I want to punch that home, not only just for the people who are listening, but in, in both cases, you do the same things for not averages, you know, a $3 million house is like, you know, that's a rock star house level stuff. But I mean, you're doing the same thing up and down the strata of homes. Yes. So whether it's. Which, it's pretty it's amazing. a thousand dollar listing, which would be like considered like low end in Orange County, or it's four million. It doesn't matter. We're doing the same thing. We're not stopping. Like we're we basically like so. You see these photos and see this listing that we just sold. It's the same photographer. Like we're not cutting any corners whatsoever because you have a condo and that person is overlooking the Pacific Ocean. It's the same stager. It's the same technology. It's the same like passion and hustle and love. It's all the same. Absolutely. The way we, and I'll, I'll bring it back to us in the same way, you know, like the girls and everybody who works in this tasting room, I go, listen, man, if it's their first time or it's their 500th time, when they come in, if somebody says, uh, would you like to buy a bottle? And they're like, no, we're good. You're like, great. No problem. We'll see you next time. I've seen so many people that have come back and they go, you know, you guys treated us really nicely. And when they come back in, they go, you know, I want to buy two bottles or I want to become a part of your family or this or that, or I have a wedding coming up and I, I really, you guys are the people who are nice to us. And can I buy some wine for you for a wedding? And we're like, absolutely. You know, because it doesn't to me personally, and I know you're the same way. And that's why I wanted to bring up from, you know, a, a, a normal list, quote unquote, normal and by the way, normal $400,000, Orange County, crazy, um, all the way up to uh, you know the $5 million listing, the person who is buying the, their, their very first house is probably going through more anguish, more consternation, more fear, more second guessing, more everything than the person and needs probably more hand-holding. And need to be calmed and and uh, relaxed and kind of soothed more than the person who's buying the three million dollar house. And I, I would assume that your effort is there. I know for us, you know, if so, if a a couple's coming in and they they're really they they haven't done this before, and we're kind of showing them the ropes. If they're buying a bottle, and that is a big purchase for them. And we have to we have to treat them with the same respect or more respect because you know what it's like the it's like the lady that has the two pennies and she throws it into the you know the uh, offering box. It's so much more important because when when somebody is making a decision like that, 
you take care of them and make them feel at ease because another person could come in and go, oh yeah, I need 10 cases and not really even care about it. But those other people, when they drink it <clears throat> and they take a photo of it and they tag us in an Instagram f- a picture and say, we bought this this many years ago on one of our first dates and now we're drinking it on the day we got engaged. I mean, though I, I have literally sat there crying real tears um, and sharing that with like my family and friends and people I know because you get to make an impact on someone's life. It's not really about the bottle. It's not really even about the wine. And I know for you, it's not even about the house. It's about, did I make that person happy? Did, did I help them? Did I get them through something? And, and if you were the person that did that and you did it in such a way that you treated them with the love and respect that you hope that people treat you with, you have a friend, not only do you have a customer, but you, you have a friend. And that I think changes the game right? It's not about going back to you, right? It's not about the videos you were doing and things like that. That was what you did to make yourself different. When people came in, if it was just like all, all shine and no substance, um, you know, you don't get a repeat customer or you don't get a customer that shares that with their 18 Bunko friends. You get a, you get a one-time hit, you did it. And it's, it's, it's a smash and grab. But what I've always been impressed with and something my father brings up, and I, I know I'm ta- I've been having a lot of long conversations with him. At, you know, this is our 10th anniversary, and me and him are reminiscing a bit, which is kind of why this podcast is here. But he goes, you know, the thing that is impressive, and I'm going to say this for you and me, is people, you know, he goes, hey, so-and-so's doing that thing that you do. And I said, yeah, I know. <clears throat> he goes, I think they hired someone. I said, well, maybe. We'll find out. And then three months later, when that kind of that initial contract is up, Uh, you don't see any more of the videos or you don't see any more of them sharing or their Instagram goes to dead or whatever it is because he watches it and I don't. He goes, the fact that you don't quit and you stick to it and you keep grinding and you keep pushing it out and you keep getting better at it and you keep getting excited about doing it every day and finding new ways to do your job better but you're not doing it better for yourself. You're doing it better for your customer. And that's the thing that makes me excited. And I know the thing, that's the thing that makes you excited. And, as well. and here's the thing, like most people buy one or two homes or sell one or two homes in their entire lifetime. And if they get to do it in the same like County, if you get to be involved in that, like, like that's a privilege. Most of the times they'll hop from like Newport to Yorba Linda to Fullerton to Brea to Tustin to Irvine to wherever and you lose them. But the neat thing is, is when you get to stay connected with them and a couple years later, they call you like, Raj, we're pregnant. I'm like, I know I saw on Facebook, like whatever, like congrats. It's so yeah, dope, let's right? go. Like, hey, when can you come over? And they don't come over like, hey, come talk to us at the market. Come over for a glass of wine and let's chat. We want to make our next move, you know? That's awesome. That is so awesome. So, so yeah, brother, that's where we're so at. Bringing, dude, uh, I could talk to you like this for five hours, man. Um, rounding up a few things. The fact that you have the tremendous work ethic that you had, the fact that you got burnt out was probably the biggest blessing in your life, right? The fact that you had a terrible realtor, the fact that you saw things differently than everybody else did. But here's the thing. You have all of those passion pieces, but you got off the couch and you got impactful. And here, what, 10 years later, how long has it been for you? So um, I think I'm going on my 14th season. Perfect. So you came on my radar right about, yeah, right about then. But I started seeing like the Facebook, the Instagram, the the videos, all of that stuff. I was on your newsletter, right? Um, I saw that happening and I saw that evolving and I got to tell you, man, I was, it, it motivated me. It really did because I saw, you know, wine's a dead, quote unquote, dead industry. It's not, it, I hated the fact that it was for snobby rich people that I'd never hung out with. It's like, screw those people, right? Because they were waiting to die. And I'm like, no, we want to make wine who for people who want to live, not people who want to take it and shove it in a cellar and let it get dirty. We want people that are like 
like in your video that can't wait to get home, pop a bottle, call friends and go, what are we, you know, my wife calls me every single day around two o'clock and go, what do we got going on tonight? I'm like, uh, I don't know. What do we have going on? She's like, why don't we call somebody? Why don't we go do this? And she keeps it moving. And I love that. Right? And I actually have that and, memory of your wife. When I was at your winery, we were sitting in the yeah. back room. She pops in, goes, Hey babe, um, can we grab a pint before we go to the PTA meeting tonight? And I was just like, oh, my God, I love that woman. That is so yeah. legit. <laughs> to be married to me. Well, that's mostly she needs to, you know, have a pint just to be married <laughs> to me, mostly. Uh, but the the boil piece down is I know that you – I mean, we talked a ton about real estate. We talked a ton about wine. But I know that you would be the same guy if you were selling airplanes or you were selling cars or you were in any other industry you would be the same person that would just be doing it with a, a different sign out in front. And I've always respected that. I've always respected your hustle. I know that you're a great family man. I know that you, the thing I've really been impressed by is also is I've noticed that the people around you, you are, have you, you raise them. And what I mean by that is you're not the all-star guy out in front and everybody's behind you. I constantly see you pushing other people out into the forefront and making them better, making their lives better and saying, hey, this is the roadmap. You know, you're on my team. We we win together. We lose together. And you've been a real amazing mentor in not only changing the industry, because I know how much how much of your time you give up to uh, speak at conferences that maybe doesn't even help you very much, like personally, financially, whatever, but you're out there, you're actually out there trying to change the entire industry that was knocking you off in the beginning. And now you're out there talking and giving people your playbook and saying, this is how this industry should be. And that is massively impressive to me because most people, when they get like their little pot of gold, they're like, you know, hiding it. They don't want anybody to do it. They're talking shit on anybody who's trying to copy them, blah, blah, blah. But the thing I have been so impressed with is you're out there going, hey, uh, here's the playbook. Get out there. Be good. Be better than me. Give me someone to chase. And that that is, you know, after we boil this down from talking it for 50, you know, six minutes here. That's a rare thing, man. And I've, I've, I'm really impressed by that. And I'm really impressed that you're doing that. I'm impressed that you're bringing up other people around you. Um, I'm still very happy that you have excellent taste in wine. <laughs> and uh, um, it's always every time we get together, man, it feels like you and I went to college uh, for four years I know. together. I love it. And it's always impressive. It's run right back at you, brother. I mean, from the first time I met you to all the years to all the times I've stopped by your winery to we even did an event together in Orange County if you remember that like like yeah that's so right like any like I just it's just so much fun and watching your growth watching you talk about your family your passion the love for everything they have the stories that you're literally creating like it just it blows me away and it motivates me beyond measure when people always say what's an Instagram account that you should follow I'm like check out Sarlos and Sons like you have to follow like no every way. single time. Every single time. I mean, there's probably two real estate Instagram accounts that I really adore too. But like you're like yeah. in regards to someone doing something different, someone doing something special, meaningful, um, something that like, actually touches you. And like when, when I buy wine from you, I don't feel like I'm buying anything. You know what I mean? Like there's not like a purchase. It's like I'm, I'm part of your family, you know? And when I, when I crack open that bottle at my own house, people know you. They know the story. They know how we met. I mean, that's what's amazing about what you do. So um, I love you, brother, man. And I'm so glad our, our past crossed. Yeah. You know, that that means a lot. Um, j just because I was looking at something yesterday just on Instagram and, and – uh, my dad keeps going, Hey man, when are you writing the book? Like he says it to me once a week. I'm like, dad, this is the book. You know, this is it. I'm, I'm doing it in real time because, uh, you know, I feel really humbled that I get to do this. I, I feel really humbled that I get to know people like you. Uh, you know, I have envy in my heart for no person on the planet because what I, what I, what this, this, this has to be the best version of my life there possibly is. But I had to eat through a ton of shit to get here just as I know you, you and I did, both. but that, 
but that's the motivating factor. I mean, the people who eat shit and come out, the, you know, Andy Dufresne, right? He crawled, he crawled through two miles of shit to get to the other side. And the way I look at that has has always been the people who don't get jaded, the people who still are on the hustle, still are on the grind. The fact that you're doing casting calls to sell a home that you are excited about, like, dude, we're going to get the right person in here. We're going to make, we're going to, this person's going to make money. We're going to get our little cut on this thing and we're going to go do it again tomorrow. I can't believe we get to do this again tomorrow. And that comes screaming out of everything that you do, man. So I'm, I'm happy to say, man, 10 years now that the beginning, it's like, hello, stranger Raj to goodbye friend, man. I, I appreciated you. Um, I owe Matty pay for the five billionth time for introducing us. Um, go out there and keep doing it, man. And here, take a, take a moment, man. How do people find you? I love it, Keith. Thanks so much. So, uh, you can connect with us on our, our, our company website. So the boutique com. So T H E B O U T I Q U E R E dot com. Our handles the boutique R E on just about every platform. And to connect with me personally, I'm Raj Kassar, R A J Q S A R on every platform. So <laughs> just, just look for me. I'll connect with you. I love it. Dude, you're the man. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I love it, man. So uh, for Keith Sarlos and uh, Sarlos and Sons and and Raj Sar and the Boutique Realty Group, dude, thank you guys for listening. And I can't wait to do this again. Hello, stranger. Goodbye, friend. <laughs>